You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Citizen Lab describes Stealth Falcon and bids journalists beware. An apparent Windows Zero day is for sale on the Russian black market. Data breaches are getting bigger, but stolen data isn't exactly making the criminals rich. Software installed by some OEMs is showing signs of crypto fails. University of Michigan researchers demonstrate an insidious hardware backdoor proof of concept. We hear about the risks of public photo printing kiosks, and we learn about the implications of the coming SHA-1 cert expiration deadline. And if you're a street criminal, you might want to stay off Facebook, at least if you're working in the English Midlands. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, June 1st, 2016. State security and intelligence services have long made use of journalistic cover, but a report released early this week by Citizen Lab at the University of Toronto describes one such apparent effort which Citizen Lab is calling Stealth Falcon. The evidence is circumstantial, but the researchers think it likely that the United Arab Emirates government was using, among other tools, sock puppet journalists whose email and Twitter correspondence with other actual journalists served as a vector for installation of spyware. The apparent goal was monitoring of dissident activity. Citizen Lab notes the possibility that they're observing criminal as opposed to state-directed activity, but thinks the evidence strongly suggests a security service. Foreign Policy notes that Citizen Lab has reported similar campaigns in Iran, Bahrain, and left-leaning Latin American states. Cybercriminals are offering what they claim is a very damaging Windows Zero Day, almost amounting to a crimeware killer app. Their purported vulnerability, and we stress purported because, as Microsoft points out, the bug is yet to be verified, is said to enable an attacker to obtain admin privileges on any machine running any version of Windows from Windows 2000 through a fully up-to-date Windows 10. The hacker's initial asking price was set at $95,000. The original Dear Friends, I Offer You a Rare Product offer appeared in a Russian criminal forum on May 11th. Payment would be made under escrow. Whether the hacker's claims are legitimate or not, the case is interesting for at least two reasons. First, whoever discovered the flaw, again, if it is a flaw, it's still early, well, apparently they thought they could make more money hawking it in a crimeware bazaar than by using it themselves or selling it quietly to big buyers, as other zero-day vendors are known to do. Second, zero-days may be on their way to the sort of commodification long seen in the data theft racket, The fact that they're being offered to well-heeled but poorly skilled skids, however, can't be a good sign. 
Trustwave's Spider Labs is following the story closely. We'll hear from them tomorrow. That stolen data has become inexpensive commodities may be seen in the continuing story of the MySpace breach. To offer almost half a billion of even old credentials for about $2,800 suggests it's a buyer's black market. Balabit's Istvan Sabo notes that passwords shouldn't be an account's principle or only protection. He recommends monitoring activity, especially privileged users' activity, and applying behavioral analytics as a check on this sort of threat. He told the CyberWire, quote, User behavior analytics can help detect, alert, and block access to an organization's data automatically if an attacker attempts to use the stolen credentials, end quote. Tumblr is also recovering from an old breach dating to 2013. The compromised information is worth even less than the stolen MySpace data. The hacker selling it, Peace, is asking only $150. As Peace told Motherboard, he's essentially selling just a list of emails. We checked with Andrew Komaroff, chief intelligence officer at InfoArmor, who confirmed to the CyberWire that Tumblr's having hashed and salted the passwords makes them very difficult to crack and thus of little black market value. Beyond the value of salted hash, these incidents suggest several lessons about securing information. Last-line security expert Craig Kesnick observed to the CyberWire that enterprises should, again, consider using multi-factor authentication. For individuals, he told us, the advice is, don't ever use the same passwords across multiple accounts, do change them on a regular basis, and definitely consider licensing a password manager, end quote. A little bit of paranoia, Kensick says, goes a long way in information security and identity protection. Digital certificates are one of the key technologies that make the Internet useful by allowing users to have a high degree of confidence that the website they're visiting is actually the website they intend to visit. That little green lock icon in the address bar of your web browser that lets you know you're browsing securely? That functionality is made possible by digital certificates. They've evolved over the years as computing power has increased from the digital fingerprints of the MD5 algorithm to SHA-1, which is currently being phased out. Kevin Bocek is vice president of security strategy at Venify. Well, the bottom line, of course, when it comes to cryptography is that it is a battle against time and computing power. And the SHA-1 cryptographic method, this hashing algorithm, is just a way that it allows to put a fingerprint. Uh, and one way that in the past you couldn't copy. But what we're finding, though, is that the cloud and our increasing computational power is catching up with that. And nowadays, um, what used to thought would be impossible almost to recreate one of these fingerprints, you maybe could recreate on Amazon Web Services in the cloud for $75,000 or maybe even less. And you know if a bad guy can do it in the cloud for $75,000, you know that intelligence services like the NSA can do it in their sleep. SHA-1 has been replaced by the more secure SHA-2. The problem, according to Bocek, is that many organizations have been slow to update. Well, what we knew is at the end of last year that up to 25% of the top 100,000 websites that were using digital certificates to enable encryption and authentication were still using SHA-1. The browser community um, has decided that starting January 1st, 2017, um, the padlock uh, that we all know in our browser will not show green. And in fact, in some cases, will start to show red and not trust uh, these SHA-1 certificates after the 1st of January. 
Kevin Bocek also warns organizations not to drag their feet and wait for the last minute. Chances are finding and updating all of your digital certificates is no small task. You may think you have, um, you know, most of your digital certificates are exposed on the public network, but in fact, they're all throughout your data center, all throughout your network. So going about finding them, um, both in locations you know and don't know about, is the first step that you've got to do. That's Kevin Bocek from Venify. They've got more SHA-2 migration tips on their website. Researchers at the University of Michigan have demonstrated a disturbing proof of concept, a microscopic hardware backdoor embedded on an otherwise innocent chip. Detection of such a backdoor would be, they say, difficult to the point of practical impossibility, especially since the backdoor exploits analog as opposed to digital features of chip operation. It's essentially a single-cell capacitor. Wired reports the reaction of Google researcher Jonathan Zunker, quote, this is the most demonically clever computer security tech I've seen in years, end quote. It's a proof of concept and not something seen for now in the wild, but chip fabs would do well to look to their manufacturing processes. Finally, a note on email security. Our suits tell us they're getting concerned emails from someone calling himself Scooter Coffee. Scooter's attached an invoice from another company and wonders why he hasn't been paid. The suits wonder if they should open it. All those suits. You'd think the signature Scooter would put them on guard, but then remember the old adage about what curiosity does to cats. Scooter, if you're listening, go fish. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business.
Joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Joe, over the weekend, uh, I happened to go by my local CVS pharmacy, and I printed out some photos for a family member. Uh, it was very easy. Very, It was a r- remarkably easy thing to do. Uh, but as I approached the kiosk with my little USB thumb drive, and I... <laughs> And I inserted this my USB thumb drive into this uh, computer that I knew nothing about. The thought right. crossed my mind: Have I just made this thumb drive disposable? Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's not because anybody's being malicious. It's just because thumb drives and USB drives, or what, however you want to call them, they are they are vectors for malware distribution. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I would call the drive disposable. If you have a, a Linux machine at home or uh, an Apple, you, you it was a Windows machine that you were working with, correct? I believe so. I believe so it was, yeah. that's going to run um, malware that's designed for Windows. So if you take that and put it into a like a Linux box, you can actually execute a DD command. Uh, DD, I think, is the original terminology was disk duplicate. It was how they would duplicate disks back uh-huh. in the old days when they needed to make... Uh, backups of master boot records and things of that sort. Your old floppies. Old floppies, right, yep. exactly. Um, but now it can be used, it's, it's, well, it still can be used for that, but it also can be used for um, wiping a disk uh, at, at completely by copying um, from dev zero, which is essentially just an endless supply of zeros on a Linux device, and writing to the actual physical hardware on that um on that USB drive, which is possible in Linux, and it's actually pretty easy. And actually, uh, the Wikipedia page on DD is very helpful for this. It even has a section on how to how to wipe data off a disk. So this is different from just rewriting the directory of the file. This is actually zeroing out right. all the bytes on the device exactly from yeah, start to finish. It's taking everything off that device. All right. You'll need to reformat the device when you plug it back into a Windows machine. <laughs> okay. All right. Good advice as always, Joe. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. 
Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.